forever. Dog. Hi, Julie. What's up? Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. knock. Come in. Knock, knock. Come on. It's open. Ding dong. It's open. I'm using the doorbell now. You don't want to lock my front door. I saved my keys. You don't ever have to knock. Come on in. Crash. That's more like it. Slide. Mm, In my socks. Don't tell me it's one of those weird. Down your hallway into sparks flying everywhere da, 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 da. i'm making myself home today i'm visiting my pal tommy he was the coolest dude when tom cruise put on that salmon shirt and his drawers and his sl- slippery sli- slippery sliding his slippery socks. silks his slippery silks and his and then- salmon top and his droopy drawers and he had that bob seeger blasting and then he went right to the meat just like bob seeger used to do in concert when he must have seen bob seeger in concert because he used to come out in his underwear on that song bob seeger would come out in a salmon shirt like yeah but like kind of dirty like bvds yeah sometimes he'd forget that's the worst part they said (laughs) at bob seeger shows he forget to put his his drawers on. His drawers on, and the audience would get an unwanted uh, bonus <laughs> encore encore presentation. Yes, he were, he's all the, it was a Seeger and Fred. It was a duo all of a sudden. Yeah, that's what you did when your parents went out of town and you uh, were a young man. I'd go nuts, and then I would get the crystal on the fireplace. Meth. And be like it's cracked, and I'd then, be like I could, I'd be like I cracked my parents' crystal meth. I cried, yeah. And then Joey Pants would yell at me. That's risky business today. It would be crystal meth instead. Uh, you know, today actually, risky business would be not realizing that we're not out of this pandemic yet, and uh, <laughs> the real risky business is still not wearing a mask. If risky, if Risky business for today, the parents would stay in town. Yeah, the risky business would be that they're all quarantining in the house and he's playing Bob Seeger while they're upstairs. And, and then dad gets likes Bob Seeger, so he comes down and dance with the boy, and they are they are too close to each other and it's like social distancing. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, didn't you hear? We're not out of this yet. You know what risky business is? Not getting vaccinated. You know, if risky business were made today, it would be about not getting vaccinated. Yeah, it would be about kind of hosting a super spreader event. Joel from uh, his character in risky business. Joel. Joel yeah. Would have his a- dad say, sometimes you just got to say, what the fuck? 
wasn't that one of the, the, the like fun things that you'd quote? So, but he'd say, sometimes you just got to say, what the heck is in this vaccine? And yeah. then you'd say, Joel, shut up. Sometimes you got to say, uh, do we really know what's in this? It's like, you know what I really, you know what I don't know what's really in is uh, soda, for example, soda. I don't know how that's made, but I've been drinking drinking soda for my entire life. No idea what's actually in it. Do you like it when people are like, uh, sugar water? Yeah. Oh, you mean this, just this, this sugar water that you're. It's you know, like, you're just oh, drinking sugar water all day. What? Like, oh, I thought this stop. was <laughs> I thought this was vitamins. It's like I know it's garbage. Also, don't talk to me like I'm Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black. Yeah. I I like my sugar water to be just a little bit more complicated and perhaps even carbonated. Yeah. I need Moderna. <laughs> I need Moderna <laughs> second shot. <laughs> and then poor Siobhan Fallon brings over Johnson and Johnson instead. Yeah. No, not. <laughs> I want Moderna. That's what's really risky is having FBI agent zap you when you don't have a what if I got a vaccine and the guy with the doodad zapped it and now I can't remember what my name is. Yeah. Uh, I got the <laughs> vaccine and uh, I then somebody told me that. That I went to the Javits Center <laughs> because I collected coins. And I just kind of saw this flash and then I knew I was, it's like, now you got men in black. I was not. You got you. You done got. Then in fact, I will volunteer personally to zap anybody in the face with a memory deleting stick. Yeah. Really, the, in a way, really the first fire stick. <laughs> Can you imagine if they had a memory racing stick? How much they, I would overuse it. Oh yeah, I'd be like, yeah, mine don't work no more, and they would check it, and they'd be like, yeah, there's nothing, no more juice left in this thing. How many times did you <laughs> fire would- this thing? Or it's also one of those things where you're like, yeah, 100? mine's broken. They're like, no, you used it a hundred thousand yeah. times or we're not yeah. giving you a refund. I'm like, I'm not asking for a refund. I'm asking for a new one. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm asking for you to fix this one or give me, give me a, new, me a one. new one. Give or me a both. new one. Or both. Give me, give me do, a new one and both. fix this I'll one. I'll have a backup. And then I'll, <laughs> I'll take two memory zappers. I'll put one in each eye. I'll hold, oh, why don't they hold up two and see what happens? You know what I would do with that thing? I would get that memory thing. I'd be like. I'd fry my face with it and then probably like (laughs) 20 minutes later be just like, yeah, I'm still not enjoying this day. (laughs) Just do it again. I don't like where this is going. (laughs) So, so one of the things that's fun to do as a man and as a man in black Mm -hmm. is you get to give the story after you flash them. With mm-hmm. the bop, with the bopper, mm-hmm. you say, you know, you guys all came to CVS uh, not to get vaccinated, but mm-hmm. you came here because you're getting some conditioner for your hair, which uh, it looks better than ever, and you're gonna go home and you're gonna have a great day. Yeah, like if I was, if I was doing this to you, I at the I'd be like, and be like, all right, Slick, here's the deal. You just went to the. Uh, <laughs> 
you went to Dwayne Reed to get some conditioner and you just uh when then you got some Twizzlers. And then and then in the movie he's like, and by the way, like you're gonna be a lot happier when you yeah. cause that's a bo that's a bonus. Yeah, because you really like Twizzlers. <laughs> so I think this is a good job for us to start going to vaccine sites dressed mm -hmm. as men in black, holding flashies. Mm-hmm. And then giving people backstories as they leave. Yeah. People be like, I, I don't want the Fauci ouchie. I was right. never so mad in maybe the last 15 <laughs> years of my life when I heard that dope Lauren Bobert when she was, oh, was like, that, I'm was not getting the Fauci ouchie. She was on stage like this is an yeah. adult was saying this like. Well, I'm not getting the Fauci ouchie. It's, it's like, almost like the, the it's almost like the yummo of political phrases. Oh my god, it's okay. got yeah, 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 it has a yummo quality to it where you're just yeah. like that upsets me so much that you as an a you're an elected official, forget that. You're over eleven. You're just you're you've are past the age of eleven and you're saying things proudly like the Fauci ouchie. To her credit, she did come up with it first and it mm -hmm. has been a while look, it's been a, it, look i'm not saying that what she did is good i'm just saying that she did think of it and we have had both fauci and the vaccine mm -hmm. in our lives or at least i don't even know how long it's been a month i can't keep track of time anymore are you am i running out of like opportunities you're, to say that no i think you're flashing yourself too much with the <laughs> stick you don't remember you're, you're starting to lose memory on these things i'd be like is anybody else like that and you know how people in the like they're like, oh no, that's me too in pandemic. But then at a certain point, people are going to be like, yeah, no, that's you. And you have a problem and you have to either deal with it or leave me out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, the Fauci ouchie is, uh, I mean, does she, is she going to make money off of it? Is, she, is there, there going to be merch? The thing is, There's merch. Brett's nodding. Who buys these things though? Nobody actually. Oh, are they, if they're on T Public, I'm going to be so <laughs> mad. Yeah. Okay. Guarantee there's a Fauci Ouchie shirt on T Public. If I see Matt Gates on T Public selling his merch, mm -hmm. we should just make the same merch and just change one thing on it. Draw like a, a right, a, like mustache. a mustache, a or like a, a. Oh no! Well, those are like proud. These are all pro. These are all pro. Yeah, yeah. These oh, are that's all good. They have. Things on T Public that says I got my Fauci out. Yeah, these they should still be. That's cool. That's fine. Well, it's not cool. It's not. No, no, no. It's not cool. You're right. And also, I will say this about Lauren Boebert: the confidence with which she wears a baseball cap is just <laughs> let me see. astounding. Let me, let me see. Can I see a picture of her with a baseball cap? The it's other like, thing I have can to you see about a picture Lauren, of her. Yeah. Every picture of her is her in a baseball cap. The other thing I have to say about Lauren Boebert is that SNL's never been better. No, and they're going to be great now that she's in the cast. Lord, no, she produces it, doesn't she? Lauren Boebert? Yeah, I've got to go talk to Lauren. <laughs> I've got to go see what Lauren thinks of this sketch. Oh, please. This is what a woman looks like? The this confidence. is how a woman goes to work? Just look at the way she just like confidently wears a hat. She looks like she's gonna, she's gonna she's gonna tip over. It looks like that that brim is pointing towards the the like destination of her mm -hmm. face. She's gonna she run Space Force, so she liked the show Space Force. That's cool. Well, it's one of them. She, this is what she's this is gonna happen. She's gonna go boo, and you're gonna hear um so the gentle because I don't think those are glass frames, and I wouldn't wish anybody 
falling on glass, no matter what their politics are. But I would like to hear the satisfying crunch of her glasses breaking under the weight of her head. Lauren Boebert. Boebert. It rhymes with Gogurt. May your sister share a bunk bed. Lauren Boebert. (laughs) What a horrible fate for for Karnak to wish upon someone's sister. Leave my sister out of it. And are you, what are you, what are you intending upon her, you adult man? What kind of sick? Yeah. Sick. Karnak was sick. Your. He made me car. He made me car sick. Carson Karnak made you car sick. What if car sick was your character? Or if it was like if I was like ten, which I basically am in my mind, and I was doing a skit, mm-hmm. and it would be like Johnny Carsick. Uh, well, first you can start by not calling them skits. Well, no, I mean it would be a skit if I was ten. Everything a ten-year-old does is a skit. Are we on the same page as that? Yeah, but I I would say when everybody, like when people at SNL take offense when they hear the word skit, it's just like, dude, like, guess some of those things are skits. Some of those are skits you're doing. I completely agree. I'm just saying they say that because they're there in four in the morning on a Tuesday because they used to, they created that schedule and people were doing so much cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. So they're there at 4 a.m. and someone calls them a skit, it hurts their feelings because they're only Mm -hmm. having like, like, um, what are those Cheetos that are too spicy? They have Cheetos that are too spicy. Flaming they have hot. like Coke. Yes, they have Coke with coffee inside. Mm-hmm. There's things that don't replicate cocaine. Yeah. No, That's they're... all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. They're, they're cranky babies. I think it's great that Michael Che's sketch show just got renewed for a second season because it this did? guy really needs a platform to. Uh, it did not. Es- yeah, it did. This guy really needs a platform to express himself through sketches. If only he had access to some sort of television program that produced sketches. Isn't he like the head writer too? Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. He's the head writer of the show that produces sketches. I mean, even he's just like, yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna get the sketches I want to see on television. I got to get a second sketch show. What's your favorite of the Tim Robinson in the new season? What's your favorite one? Oh, if the you're hat, thinking about it too much, no, the hat. <laughs> it's the hat by far. That was what Colette said too, but she called it something that like took me a second because she didn't call it the hat. She called it like, "What's yours, Brett?" Yeah, I like the hat one. Uh, I like tables, the Patty Harrison one. I like the one where you can't drive. Drive really? can't drive one is so good. Just pick one; they're all great. Oh. Him and doing that impractical jokers kind of thing with yeah. at the mall with that old man mask on <laughs> when he amazing. just gives up on life. Okay. Yeah. So this is what it. this is what Colette said. The insider trading sketch it, like is amazing. And I'm like, what what? And she goes, the one where a lawyer reads text messages that are all about insider trading and their co-workers Safari Fedora. And I was like, Oh, you mean the hat one? Yeah, the hat. <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, Oh yeah, that's she goes. I guess that's what people were confused when I called David S. Pumpkins the elevator sketch. Yeah. No. <laughs> Come on, Colette. Um, you didn't ask me, but I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, no, no. Wait. Julie. It's a two-prong. It's a. Wait. Julie. Yes. Of the second season of I Think You Should Leave. Yes. What's your favorite sketch? 
Um, Bob Odenkirk and Professor Wants Your Burger. Oh, yeah. Bob Odenkirk thing is like a... Virtuo- just It's a it's just watching like an artist mm-hmm. play the... Just he is... Yeah. His, oh, like a maestro. It's like maestro. Mm-hmm. And then you just get to watch him do his thing. And I also really like the one where he dances like the Blues Brothers and the dog gets really upset and agitated. And he goes, don't worry, Barbie. Un- I'm not the Blues Brothers. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, it's too loud Turn it down. he's raising it so it taps into a thing that i've i've never seen comedy built out of smaller moments yeah, they, yes the entire sketch is built out of the smallest moment this like, the idea of like yeah classic cars just the idea like <clears throat> They're just being guys who love classic cars out there. And like, oh, that's that's a world right there for this sketch. Just what's important and how stupid things that are important are. Yeah. Oh, I. I it really is. It's really good. Perfect. It's got the it's got the special sauce. Mm-hmm. It sure does. So, fellows, we're going to talk about movies today. Did you guys watch anything this week, such as Sexy Beasts, the dating show on Netflix that unfortunately does not star? Uh, Roy, is it? I always forget. It's Roy or Ray Winstone? Ray. Roy. Ray. Win- Ray. Ray Winstone. It would have been better if Sexy Beasts was Ray Winstone going out with these these uh, yeah. these. Uh, I'm dating an octopus. <laughs> I wonder who's under this octopus. I wonder if you're a, you're a fit bird. I wonder if this bird is fit under that octopus mask. Then you have to choose between the octopus and the orangutan. Yeah, I'm an orangutan. <laughs> but don't worry, I'm good looking. I'm telling you right now. I'm right, I'm right fit. I'm right fit under this gorilla mask. I also heard that he's going to be replacing Jason Sudeikis in season three, and it's just going to be Ray Lasso. I would like that. Oh, so you're the soccer coach, eh? <laughs> football. You're supposed to say football. Yeah. You Tom. coach footy, eh? <laughs> well, yep, I'm a soccer coach. Yeah, we call it football over here, mate. <laughs> Wait, hold on. He's replacing. Ted that's every. That's it. And that's. Have yeah. you watched that show, Ted Lasso? It's like I have. Yes. Most of the episodes is just him going like, "Well, well I got to get to the soccer game," and then they're like, "It's called football." You, you like, do. Well, we call t- it soccer, and then there's like football, soccer, football. Let's call the whole thing Emmys. Yeah. You know, Tom, What's that your now? impression of Jason Sudeikis as Ted Lasso is I was like Gary the Squirrel making fun of Jason Gore. <laughs> What's this? Ray Winstone, football fan. Which team do you support? West Ham United. West Ham United. Football in heroes. <laughs> Bobby Moore, Jeff Hurst, Mike oh, Peters. Yeah. Uh, that's about Mike it. Peters. Oh, Georgie Best. I thought it was great. Night, Tim. First FA Cup memory. First FA Cup memory was standing down the bottom of my street, Caster Park Road in Plasto, with the, uh, we didn't even have a double-decker bus. We had a coach, if I remember rightly, and the players were sitting on top of it. Look at Brett. Uh, Look at Brett's eyes. They are, like, so, so filled with love. So happy. Yeah. Look how happy he is. Like, <laughs> the Dreamweaver is playing in Brett's head right now. Pretty much. It's like, Brett's, like, looking at Ray Winstone in front of him with a, with yeah. a pint. Yeah. Favorite football memory? West Ham. Uh, playing West Ham. Georgie Best. 
Mike Peters. Brett's, Brett, Brett's, Brett's pretending. He, Brett gets a, uh, what are those virtual reality consoles called again? Those like. Oh, uh, Oculus Rift. Your, yeah, he gets an Oculus. He gets an Oculus and it's just like, <laughs> and it's just like a pint with Ray Winstone. It's his yeah. only game. I'm just mm-hmm. the bartender at Ray Winstone's local bar. Yeah. <laughs> and then and I just wait there. I just have in. to wait there all day for Ray Winstone to show up. Look who just walked in. <gasps> Hugh Grant. <laughs> Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, the, Oculus, the Oculus explodes. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly Brett's trapped in it and he's like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> Brett smashes him a- under a- his foot. Amy's like, Amy's like at Oculus headquarters, yeah. like trying to get him out of the My Matrix. husband's trapped in the machine. Well, the problem is, ma'am, we gotta- he needs to want to get out. Yeah. <laughs> ma'am, you realize. And then she straps it on and you see Brett, Hugh Grant, and Ray Winstone all behind a piano mm-hmm. singing way down upon the Suwannee River. Yeah. And then you see Richard Burton is on top of the piano. Yeah. Just oh lying god. down. Yeah. Oh my god. Way down and then, upon and then the like, Suwannee River. Far, far away. Sorry, sorry, ma'am. Your oh. husband's never yeah. coming back. Oh, he's home. not coming back. Even if we can get physically even if, like, even if we could physically recover him, his brain will forever be stuck like, inside. Peter O'Toole somersaults in yeah. with like two firecrackers. <laughs> How are you, my dear boy? My favorite yeah. year era, Peter O'Toole. My favorite year era, he's got like firecrackers in both hands, like just sparklers. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest. He's never coming out, ma'am. He's never coming out, but like we are, you know, the only way to get him out is to trick him. And we are like trying out this new like jewel heist video mm-hmm. game. So maybe we could get him from this into the jewel heist video game, which is directed by Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so then they have to like kind of set up a scenario for Brett to kind of do some like, you know, jump like time jumper or whatever. I don't know what the title is, but I want a billion dollars to make this. So we have a great show today. We are, like Julie said, it's movie time. And it's a unique angle we got on it today. Well, it's unique, but it's also derivative, which is our brand. Yes. Because Cinco, uh, my friend Cinco Paul, who is the creator of Schmigadoon, the show that I uh, contributed to and is on Apple with Ted Lapples. It's it's Ted Lapples. (laughs) Ted Lapples. <laughs> oh, how do you like how do you like Ted Lapples? <laughs> anyway, uh, he has a podcast called Make Him Watch It. And he and his partner, Ken Dorio, he also created Shemake Doing with, they make each other watch movies that the other loves and the other hasn't seen. So we're doing kind of our version of that. A but tribute. Not necessarily with a tribute. Sure. Yes, that. But they're not necessarily movies that we love, but just sort of movies that are surprising that like everyone hasn't seen. Yeah. The assignment was like the biggest movie you've never seen. What is like the most sort of big cultural movie that you have never seen? Yes. Mm -hmm. So we have we have Cinco and we all chose movies and made him watch. Fight Club, poor guy. That's right. Yeah. Cinco watched uh, Fight Club. Julie watched Rocky. Tom watched Mary Poppins and I watched Titanic. And when we get back from the break, you'll hear what we thought, how we felt watching those movies respectively for the first time. And we'll be joined 
as we've said, by the creator of Schmigadoon and the co-writer of The Secret Life of Pets and Despicable Me 1 through 3 and the co-host with his writing partner, Ken Dario, of the podcast Make Him Watch It. It's the wonderful Cinco Paul right after this break. Welcome. Hi. Cinco, this is Brett and this is Tom. Hi, Brett. Hi, Tom. Now, just, nice to meet you. I both. just need to make a d- d- distinction here. Brett is is the producer on the show. I am the co-host of the show with Julie. It is not Julie and then below Brett and Tom next to each other. No offense to you, Brett. Yeah. It's, it seems to be getting lost in the translation a few times. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> I just need to. That's an important clarification. Yes. Tom he is had- not a threat. <laughs> Tom had two bad experiences with drag queens on the show. Well, not bad experiences. Co- they just no, they didn't weren't- recognize me as any participant thinks, in the show at all. He thinks, he thinks that these two guests think that he and Brett were my producers. That's not the I'm case at all. Positive of it. I'm positive. It's not true. I'm positive. So now, from now on, I apologize for the if it seemed desperate, Cinco. But I am desperate. It's just it, it's coming from from the desperate people do desperate things. Well, and Cinco, I want you to know that producer is just one of the many things I do on this show. Oh, um, please. Sure, of course. You uh, know, hold on. Cinco, hold on one moment. Tom, do you realize that he has gone a week without this and it's been a long week, but he's back on his bullshit? Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought he was done with it. Sorry, Cinco. One more thing. Yeah. Because the other I thought guy I was done with Twi- it, too. You, well, clearly you did it because you just brought it up. Yeah. Tom, you know that that guy on Twitter was making fun of Brett. He stopped tweeting. Speaking of you Brett. See that? Yeah. You mean he, Brett? He admitted defeat. He admitted defeat. You mean yeah. Brett's you account want. that he was doing? Well, speaking of Fight Club, we'll talk about that in a minute about alter egos and unreliable narrators. But anyway, there was a guy on there was a guy on Twitter who was tweeting about Brett who quit. And then and then Brett immediately filled that void by talking about all the jobs I do, which was a bit he was doing like two or three weeks ago, yeah. I think. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a, there are some dynamics that I think we're going to have to have a couple discussions about. Sure, um, look forward to that. I'm kidding. I just but we um, apo- we apologize for involving you, but we also have to address it because that's what our we have the same therapist that was working with Metallica in that documentary they did. Mm-hmm. It was like, did you ever see that documentary, Cinco? It's no. worth your it's worth your while. Okay. It's worth your while. It's it's about the record. It's it's a documentary they did about making one of their albums and they hired a group therapist and he at at a certain point started pitching lyrics and it's very like important about boundaries and artists and it's it's i'm surprised you let him pick a movie do we let brett pick a movie kind of elevating him okay i'm glad you know what this is going great this is good this is so good get down to it i was thinking it but but cinco cinco said it Tom, did you? No, no, I, I thought it was, I like it. I liked it, but I also. I uh, liked it. Oh, I liked it. I liked it too. But I, I just, uh, yeah, it's just sometimes, sometimes Brett gets, sometimes there's, you get a whole lot of Brett and sometimes you get not enough Brett. But look, I take it. I'll take as much Brett as I can get. I'll take as much. This guy's like, gold. Oh, Let's thanks, Tom. Cinco, I hear you. I'll put mm. it that way. Yeah. Now, Cinco, congratulations on your show. 
finally coming out. That's very exciting. Schmigadoon, which is on Apple and, TV. And congratulations on the huge outpouring of love, um, not just from critics and people in the biz, but from the people who are actually watching it and actually loving it and just gushing and, and you know, their boundless enthusiasm for it, which I'm sure you see everywhere. You must see everywhere. Well, it's it's unhealthy the amount of time I have spent on Twitter searching Schmigadoon, you know, just to see what people are saying. Mm-hmm. It's probably not good for me, but but I do it because, and it's just so. But it's great to see all the people who really are loving the show and responding to it, and all these theater kids of all ages who say they finally feel seen, and you know, it's all that sort of stuff that. I I just I love you know I'm sort of bathing in all that Good. right now. Mm-hmm. It's so so great to see and you know Julie you know there's a lot of my heart soul in this show yeah. as as yours too and and uh, so it's really nice to to see that. That's fantastic. Well, just just remember that. Yeah. Ninety nine percent of the people that love this thing just watched it and loved it and then shut their TV off. They don't go on social media with it, but they're at home loving it. They just are not telling you, but that's the real balance that's out there. So if you see some crab apple moaning on Twitter, they're the exception to the rule. And if, and if you haven't seen enough that you're still on Twitter searching, then you're in a good place here. Let me tell you about how I brought my espresso machine. I went on the Amazon reviews and usually people only leave reviews when they're angry and I bought the one that had like great next to the angry ones but they were like and I was like this I love it it's a wonderful machine right mm-hmm. yeah people only go yeah people only leave reviews generally when they hate something or they're it, upset exactly yeah. That's so my wife, anytime she goes on Yelp or is looking at like a vet or a place to go I yep. she's oh but it got bad reviews I'm saying like that's all you're going to see. Someone with a bone to pick says, oh, I'm going to go. Yep. You know. Yeah. So in other happen. words, if you see love on social media, that means that you're so good that you even like go above and beyond the the Yelp of it all. So that's like really saying something. Yeah. Well, it has truly been nice. It's but we're been- not here to talk about social media. No, we're not. We're here to talk about the pictures, the movie pictures, the yes. the. The, the silver screen, what we love and what we uh, what we what we've all forced our, our each other to, to see that would have otherwise been, you know, the, the theme of this was sort of like, su- oh, that's surprising that you haven't seen that. But Cinco, knowing you haven't seen Fight Club was not surprising. And now having forced you to watch it, I honestly feel really, really guilty. I feel really bad about it because I. OK, so. So Brett hadn't seen Titanic. I hadn't seen Rocky. Tom hadn't seen Mary Poppins. And you hadn't seen Fight Club. How are you doing? Are you okay? No, I'm doing fine. <laughs> I can survive these things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's only a movie. It's what was the the, the ad campaign? Just keep it's only a movie. Yourself. It's a last it's house on the left. Only a movie. It's mm-hmm. only a um No, it's fine. And it was, you know, the reason I've avoided it is exactly what it was sure you now and yeah. um toxic and it, masculinity the the non-musical oh my gosh yeah yeah the and and i don't know i mean maybe it's an anti-violence movie you know apparently sometimes people 
claim that, I guess, but but it's it was such a celebration of violence and an attack on the feminization of men, right? You've got this whole support group for men who are losing their testicles and growing breasts and Yeah, and it's oh. Martha Stewart's fault. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is a sort of movie that I think of the type of person that embraces and then loves this loves this movie and that is not the sort of person I hang out with. It feels like it, the yeah. incels would like love this movie. <laughs> it's like an incel origin story yes. or it's like one of the first yeah. incel or it's almost like the Joker version 1.0. Like there's a lot of Joker. Um, Very much a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just not my thing. And, you know, I mean, Fincher, I really love social network and Zodiac, you know, he's an amazing filmmaker. This is such a well-made film, but it's kind of, Garbage. Yeah. It's garbage. What I would it's say. Garbage. I agree. And I, need to, I, I should have asked if anybody like really loved it in the mm -mm. group here. No, I no? I saw Fight Club once in the theater and I walked out saying, I hated that so much. I wanted nothing. It felt it, I was and it was like I, it was so repellent to me and it was so to me, it's just like also like having been at that look at that point in personal thing, I had uh, people in my life who were struggling with uh, cancer and I was not I did not find it particularly funny how just how they think certain it, it's a movie. It's a movie made by not funny people trying to be funny uh, ultimately is my main problem with it is it's like it's it's a it's satire made by horrifically unfunny people and that, that is so spot on because that was right in my notes i have to say i was surprised because i didn't think that it was a comedy and it's clearly that's the intention but david fincher does not know like one single thing about how to make a comedy it felt like yeah Right. Yeah. It's for people that sort of would rather be edgy than funny and then there are certain people that rather be witty than funny but it's also Chuck Palahniuk. So Tom had one of my Tom has said so many things that have made me laugh. One of my favorite things Tom ever talked about was when Chuck Palahniuk claimed to have made an audience member faint. Do you remember this, Tom? I don't. Remember do. that like he wrote this short story and it was supposed to be so gross and fucked up. Okay, yeah. That he did a reading at like mm -hmm. a Barnes and Noble or something and he yeah. was bragging about how someone in the audience actually passed out and Tom said, "Are you sure he didn't just fall asleep?" <laughs> oh, that's oh, oh boy, I don't remember that, but I'll still stand by it. Um But that whole like doesn't that like whoa that's super fucked up like that guy's gonna say the word dildo and like hey meatloaf's got bitch tits and you're like what is my mind is blown yeah. that's ever so man show of you like i just despise the like it, it, it is like just that um just like oh you want you want something shocking go watch a fucking john waters movie like you amateur mm -hmm. you really think that you're gonna shock me like go for it but just like make it make it interesting make it funny make it mm -hmm. make it new like i you have nothing to say that yeah. i haven't seen before and to your point senko it is so astoundingly well made i mean he's just a a master director obviously and is 
such an amazing technician also. And the, you see things in it that you still don't see in movies where you're just like, wow, this looks still looks ahead of the time, ahead of its time. Um, but I just don't like, I just, the, the tone of it and the attitude of it is just could not be less for me. And I, it's just, I never went back and I was just like, because and that was that point where everybody were when it came out, it did not do well, but it had all of these champions saying like, no, this is great. And I was just like, yeah, that, that one, that one doesn't work for me. My friend, yeah, my friend, oh, sorry. Oh, no, oh, go ahead. My friend, Phil Morrison is a director and he said, he has a thing that always stuck with me. He said, sometimes a movie can just be an asshole and like, and I, and he and I, he didn't say it in regard to that movie necessarily, but that's what that feels like. That movie is like the asshole at a party, but and it thinks it's making fun of the asshole. But guess who mm. came along the next year? American Psycho, which was the one making fun of the asshole mm-hmm. because it tries to be satirical around things like materialism and consumerism and advertising and it doesn't have the wit that you need to, to actually satirize mm-hmm. that stuff because it, it is that stuff. Yeah. It is interesting in a movie in which our protagonist realizes he's Tyler Durden, <laughs> that maybe this is, you know, a movie like a metaphor about the director for, realizing, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm actually the thing that I'm attacking. <laughs> totally. Um, and then you have it come out right after or around the sixth sense where like, you want a twist. That's a twist. And that was also, you know, and, and part of it, I guess, was ruined for me because I knew it had a twist. Right. You know, but and so the, the twist happens. There's still 45 minutes left. Oh, You're and thinking- the big. Yeah. It's just to me, it's like never tell me there's a twist, mm-hmm. because right. if you're told there's a twist, you spend the entire movie searching for the twist and you can generally suss it out. But anyway, yeah. And then the, then it, we find out what it is and then they're battling each other and raising Arizona did that so much better. I felt. Oh yeah. That's interesting where they both have the same tattoo mm-hmm. and that's how fighting yourself, fighting the other side of you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, the only time I want to know there's a twist, <laughs> Julie, you know, this is no, if I the know. marquee out going. front says tonight, <laughs> chubby checker, chubby checker. <laughs> Play whatever this is, Brett. You look like you're having more fun than you should be right now. Did you start drinking early today? Is it early? Oh, yeah. Well, it's fine. a Saturday. All yeah. right, fine. Here we go. I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do? You just want me to hit you. Come on. Do me just one favor. Why? Why? I don't know why. I don't know. Never been in a fight. You? No, but that, that's a good thing. No, it is not. How much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? I don't want to die without any scars. So come on. I was thinking, you know, this this scene was interesting to me. I've been in one fist fight in my life. Oh my god! Which uh, will probably surprise Julie that I've been in one at all. But but this was, uh, I believe, seventh grade in middle school, <laughs> and we're all lined up for the bus, and a guy tries to cut in front of me. This kid tries to cut in front of me and I'm carrying my trombone. That shows you, you know, who <laughs> Cinco Paul was in seventh grade. I'm carrying my trombone case and I use my case to block him, you know, so he can't get on the bus. And he's really upset at this. He says, after school, you know, and it's just like, 
for little Cinco nerdy, you know, you can imagine I had the glasses and everything. It was just the most, the most terrifying words that could ever be said. Mm -hmm. So all day at school, I'm nervous. I'm going to have to fight this kid. And so finally, end of the day, we get on the bus, we get off the bus at my stop and his stop and all the kids come off the bus at our stop because they know the fight. There's a show. Yeah, there's a show. The fight's going to happen. And uh, and he stands, he says, you want to do this? And I said, yeah, but you need to throw the first punch. So I was, I was trying to be as an honorable mm-hmm. fighter. And so he threw the first punch and just smacked me in the face. And then something happened in me, something clicked and I unleashed oh. on him. And I just threw punch after punch. He never landed another. I don't think he even threw another punch. I just punch, punch, punch. He was on the ground, curled up in a ball and sort of whimpering. And then I said, are you okay? I was like the weird, it was the, the most bizarre version of, of a kid. And he just sort of like, he didn't want to hear that. And he just, you know, sent me away. But that was my own. And, and that, so I, I felt immediately horrible, but then right after that, then everyone was like, yo, Paul, yeah, mm-hmm. you did, you know? And suddenly I got that injection of validation or, you know, and then, I was a giant slayer. And then years later, I looked up his picture and, you know, in the yearbook, mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, he's just a little kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For To me, he was this monster, you know, that was taunting me, but yeah, he was just another little kid. Anyway. That's Cinco's. That's, awesome. that's Cinco's Fight Club story. Sure, <laughs> and then the Fight Club was closed. Yeah, and that was it. Mm-hmm. That was and it. You, and there was no rule not to talk about it because you just did. Yeah, I'm. So, I guess I violated that rule. No, anybody no, it else? was your club. Anybody you have else? Your own rules. Fist fights? Anyone? I'm trying to think. Not really. I might see what tonight looks like, though. I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on edge a little bit. I might go to Keto Moss and see who I can <laughs> clobbered mix it a pint up with. of ice cream the other yeah. day. Yeah. Um, yeah, no fight club. Someone to say no moss. Yeah, no moss. I'll say that's exactly <laughs> it. I'll get him to say no moss. You know, you're that is a boxing story, right? Well, I think it was like a boxer was like, no moss, no moss. Was like, so yeah, I, I don't know who. I just been, know that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fight Club is one that is it is amazing to see how this movie's status and reputation grows because it, it just completely eludes me and it just it's well, it's just so connected to all the ugliness of the moment too like what you're saying it's such an incel, you know. And then mm. Helena Bonham Carter is sort of manic pixie suicide yeah. girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like playing this weird. She's she looks like she's in the Tim Burton movie, and yet she's sort of been plunked down in this. Yeah, mm-hmm. David Fincher, thing. and yet more conv- more more appropriately cast in as Mrs. Lovett, in my opinion. Oh, Cinco, yeah. I think that should have been Tracy Ullman. What do you think? Oh, one hundred percent. But also, it shouldn't have been Tim Burton. I don't. It shouldn't have been Johnny yeah. Depp. No, I, I know. I'll recast, and you know. I'll, do the oh, whole. that'll be a that'll be a fun. We'll do that Maybe. in another. Episode. Asha Baron Cohen is Pirelli. He's yes. perfect, absolutely perfect, perfect. Best Pirelli. casting in that. Yeah, for sure. Um, should we move on to the yeah. polar opposite of um? What's the opposite of Fight Club? Is it is it Mary Poppins? <laughs> Might be Mary Poppins. Probably. Yeah. Maybe Tom? Mary Poppins was in their head all the time. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't fight Mary Poppins. She uh-huh. would she would pin me down with her with her bitch tits. I have she no yeah. So what did you what did you think of Mary Poppins? I have no idea how I mean, obviously I've seen parts of Mary Poppins through my whole life, but seeing seeing it from beginning to end was something I had never experienced. And I don't know how that happened because I saw all the other Disney movies. But for some reason, this one I never saw from front to back. And I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of, I was thrown by the rhythm of it. First, first of all, I was thrown, it was two hours and 20 minutes long. I was like, well, it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's on the longer side of things. Um, those ones where you're like, yeah, I'll do this one. And then you look at the running time and you're like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You're like, and then it's like, okay, I guess that's what I'm going to be doing. And, um, <laughs> but it's yeah, like, as a child, you rarely have that thought when you're, when your dad's like, we're going to watch Barry Poppins. Yeah. I think Fight Club has the same running time. I'm just going to say. We should sync them up. We should sync them up. <laughs> play them play side by side. That would be that so fucked like. up. Tyler Durden wouldn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. It's very charming. And it's it's got some spots. And I, I don't like being the person that is just like, I would cut like 20 minutes out of it. Like, it's just like. It's but pay, which it's 20 minutes are those? Pay. But which ones would you cut? I think sometimes these scenes, like the scene when the the Uncle Albert, right, is laughing and laughing. It's like, that's a long sequence. <laughs> I love to laugh. <laughs> Loud and long and clear. I love to laugh. It's getting worse every year. The more I laugh. He really does love to laugh. But he I don't know if you realize that he loves to laugh. But it's it's okay. I don't it, it the pacing of the movie is what the pacing of the movie is, and it's okay. I don't I don't want to call the bank stuff. Would you, would you trim any of the stuff around the bank? No, no, no. Oh boy. You guys really like the stuff about the bank. I wouldn't lose one frame. Yeah. To me, that's, I mean, actually I love this movie. I think Mm -hmm. it's really well crafted. I think the story, the screenwriting in it is really great because it's the dad's story. Mm -hmm. It's not the kid's story. It's not Mary Poppins story. It's Mr. Bank's story. So Mm -hmm. you can't cut any of the bank stuff. Because it's about a man. No, I meant the actual bank. When they right. go to the bank, where For Dick the, Van Dyke's yeah. like, like the, the like old man works. Mm-hmm. Old man, yeah, yeah. Because the, there's um, a lot of banking. There's a fair amount of banking in it. I wasn't yeah. proposing to cut any of the dad stuff, Cinco. Okay, good. No, it, it's the whole look. It, it's all. It's all there. It all works. It's um. It's it's that kind of movie of its time. It's that kind of Disney movie of its time. It's that kind of musical of its time. And it's just, it's kind of where movies were. You could feel that this was meant to be an event that you go to a theater to see and you get a full night's worth of entertainment. And it's not in any rush to kind of just get to the stuff and get, get no. it. It's just like, it's just meant to be a full presentation. And it's, it's very charming and it's very likable and, I mean, were you surprised by anything? In well, I, was it? Surpri- like- I was surprised by this Cockney actor they found to play <laughs> Bert. I was thrown by this. Where'd they get this? Where'd they get this authentic Cockney guy who could? They found yeah. him in the pubs, I think. Yeah. 
poor Dick Van Dyke. He's received a lot of grief for that. Yeah, no, he was, but he's, <laughs> you, you watch Dick Van Dyke and you're like, at that point in time, movie stars who were on television also, that was like a non-existent, it was like a non-existent, you did movies or you ended up on TV and he was doing both. And with that, without it being any sort of less than thing or whatever, he was like, he, he did in a, like one of the best television shows. And then he was making these movies that were just like, and you, then you watch him just hold the screen and you're like, of course he is. This guy's one of the all time talents. Like, it's just, he's just, he is one of those true magnetic uh, people and he's matched. He actually has somebody matching him also with it. So that's kind of like, a, do you like Julie Andrews? Are you oh a Julie God. Andrews fan? Yeah. Have I, I love Julie Andrews. I always did. And then, but so, but seeing this, I was like, oh, now I see like what it would be like to, to take Julie Andrews in just thinking of like, if that was present day, you're just like, oh, well, this person would have just charmed the entire planet. Like I can see why Julie Andrews became Julie. If you watch this in Sound of Music, you see why she is still who she is because that's just, I mean, she's so beautiful to look at and she's so likable and so, so amazingly talented. It's just a great showcase of talent and ideas. And it's like, I'm sure kids would be some kids now, if they watched that would be incredibly restless and, want to want it to go faster but it's like <laughs> that's kind of what it is so i'm, I'm happy won the oscar for this i'm oh, sorry you won the oscar for this she did Best actress. yeah yeah well I, it makes sense i mean like, she's yeah. holding she's like dick van dyke is such a talent and she's like at at least matching him through it if not uh just just superseding him I think she also won the Golden Globe, and I forget if it was for this or Sound of Music, but she specifically thanked the executive that cast Audrey Hepburn instead of her in My Fair Lady because it let her do that movie, which is very shady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was Mary Poppins. I think I think because they yeah. didn't cast her in, in uh, My Fair Lady, she was able to do this for Disney. That's really cool. And then to- she because Audrey Hepburn was also nominated, I think. Oh yeah, for lip syncing yeah. to lip syncing for her life. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much for this lovely honor. It's a wonderful memento of a very, very happy time. Finally, my thanks to a man who made a wonderful movie and who made all this possible in the first place, Mr. Jack Warner. Tom, did you like it during the spoonful of sugar where all those drawers opened and closed themselves? It made me a little, put me a little on edge, to be honest. Like sometimes messes in houses really can it's disturbing right upset me like also like a tipped over table it's just like that's awful like how do we get to that point do you like Like, it when she like felt for dust in her glove and mm -hmm. then looked at the glove and she said the house is clean yeah be like yeah you don't come to my office you're not gonna did you my office is not gonna pass your white glove test do you like it when she is like super into herself in the mirror and sings along in the mirror to, with herself and like and then like they have kind of like a duet creepy like little, yeah did you like that I like all of it because they take a little nip from every flower that they sip and hence and hence they find they find their task is not a grind 
yes, it's it's of its time. If this was made now, it would be it would have a different pacing to it, obviously. But what are you gonna do? But it's great, and it stands it stands on its own. There's a reason why. Uh, look, I I realized when I was watching this, it's like I've seen I've not seen this yet, but I did watch the Tom Hanks thing about this. Yeah, saving like, I saw Mr. That. Banks. Like I saw that, and I didn't see the original thing. It's like. Mm, that's a maybe a problem a, yeah well that's all right um what about uh feed the birds sad yeah. right sad yeah and you cry came. at any point um i did not cry no i just was it was when a you nice, saw how much of it was left you're like wait there's there was a point minutes? there was a point when they're deep into that fantasy sequence and they're yes. riding the the horses mm-hmm. And then I look and it says there's still one hour and 20 minutes left in the movie. I was just like, oh, my God. I was like, how is that possible? And I was like, because then at that point, you're just kind of like, I don't know how much of a this kind of like a this kind of like an open ended movie at that point. Like to, to have a 15 minute sequence, like like to extend the sequence with multiple musical numbers and multiple visual con- concepts and just, I mean, hit, look, him dancing with the penguins, of course, I, I've known that my whole life. And it's, but then you see it in the context of the movie and you're just like imagining like what the theater would have felt like with that happening would have just like lit the entire theater up. It would have been like, oh, we're watching magic right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a great, I had a really nice experience with it. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Mary Poppins was the one that I got stuck with because i didn't get stuck with it and the songs are great i mean 201 they're all really good songs i mean feed the birds is a little bit it's just a little sad you know as a kid that's the one that you're like you want to fast forward over there it's the the cheer up charlie of the mix it's the Mm -hmm. cheer up charlie for sure and uh but all the other songs are really great Mm -hmm. i like uh uh yeah. Sist, what is it? Sister, Sister Suffragette. Mm-hmm. Glynis Johns, right? I love her. We're clearly soldiers in petty coats and dauntless crusaders for women's votes. Though we adore men individually, we agree that as a group they're rather stupid. Mrs. Banks cast off the shackles of yesterday. Um, Tom, did you know what song was written for Glennis Johns? No. Uh, Send in the clowns. Oh, okay. Yeah. Them. She's was, adorable in this. Yes, she's super, absolutely. She's super. She's also great in the court jester. If you haven't seen, oh that. yeah, she's wonderful in court jester and yeah. sexy as all heck. Um, it's also nice that they don't explain. There's basically a coven of which of like of like. There's just like no actual. Any movie now would have to explain everything with it. It's kind of just accepted. It's just like, yeah, she's she just uh, got the torn up note. And she's blown in. She blew all the other nannies out. She literally like blows them out of sight for the job. <laughs> and but with like no. Yeah. Just like, man, we're not going to explain any of that stuff. That's Mary Poppins. She like mag- now a movie would have to have like a 10 minute thing explaining like there's a history of of witches through yeah. all through time. <laughs> there have always been these witches. And it would just be like, it's OK to just have things happen. 
and not get answers. That would be the studio, the studio notes on Mary Poppins, right? Where mm. did she come from? Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll want to know where did right. she yeah. come from and where is she going and where mm -hmm. does she get her powers? We need to establish that nannies can be whisked away by wind. Yeah. It's it's kind of it's funny how there's less handholding in Mary Poppins than in a lot of other movies. Did anybody here see Mary Poppins Returns? Yes, I saw it. I liked I liked um there were like three songs in a row I thought were bangers like around mm -hmm. the animated sequence like the bathtub sequence into the animated sequence there were Yeah, like there was one in the middle that I really loved. I I don't have I can't remember, but I thought it was pretty good. But it it was also like if you're if you don't have like Mary I mean if you don't have like Julie Andrews like lovable like across the room Mary Poppins can kind of seem like a dominatrix or like at the or like kind of a bitch in like a cool way I'm all about bitches which is why I like Mary Poppins better than Sound of Music and she's just like super into herself too she's like really yeah. vain which I also really like about that character <laughs> she can't pass a mirror without being like oh yeah there she is mm -hmm. <laughs> um and I do like the kids are like kind of scared of her um I think there's definitely like a sexuality about Mary Poppins that's not there with Maria by any by mm -hmm. any stretch of the imagination no, she's um, got her own else, life yeah. going on. and Yeah, and also Bert knows that. Bert's yeah. like, oh, I'm really psyched to see you, but like, I know I'm not yeah. going to be, I'm not your destination. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's got Bert's in all kinds of area codes. And now it's Rocky time. Take it away, Julie Klausner. Okay, I loved it. I don't really have anything to say besides just the fact that I loved it. I thought it was so great. I have, like, I, I just walked away and be like, oh my God, that was awesome. I'm so glad I saw it. I what, what were you surprised? What were you surprised by about, like, like your initial uh, the, conceptions the, the, of it versus what it actually one, is? Number one, his, his ownership of two turtles. Mm hmm. <laughs> I did not expect Rocky to own two turtles. No, Do you have any I, other I questions? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's his connection to Adrian. Yeah, I like that he has pets. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that he has turtles. What what were the other questions? I oh, I just um no, like the use of coconuts and yo-yos as insults is just like delicious. I, like I knew that it was like a Philly kind of Valentine, and um, but um, but I loved his relationship with that that little girl whose name I can't remember, but um, I love when little kids are presented as being like, uh, cause Cinco made me watch bad news bears also, which I also loved. Mm -hmm. Like, I love it when kids are, uh, can be like dicks oh, yeah. or, um, <laughs> and they're not all precocious or adorable or like, I don't know, like in the eighties, I think Spielberg kind of like did a number on like kids to make them kind of angelic in a lot of movies. Um, mm -hmm. And they didn't really have any, you know, what are you gonna say? I said it before, I'll say it again. Nothing yeah. satisfies yeah. me more in a movie or a television show when a little kid kicks an adult <laughs> to me will always be the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like a little kid, yeah. like because a little kid gets them right in the shin. Right, like <laughs> where right where an adult doesn't picture like, oh, I didn't even think about that area of my leg. Right. And <laughs> and, the, and then this little girl is being subjected to this like 
you know, the kind of, you know, sl- like preemptive slut shaming talk. And you think that Rocky's getting through to her by the time he's at her, her door. She's like, screw you. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. he hasn't been listening to a thing that he said, which is awesome. Um, I love the guys singing by the fire can, which is the 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 trash can on fire, which is the only thing you've ever shown me, Tom, yes. from that movie. Ooh. That's all I knew is those singers. Take it back. Guys doing doo-wop around a flaming garbage can. That- the best. That was what growing up in Scarsdale was like. You never asked me, but it was. Anyway, I loved it. I loved um uh I loved uh Mickey, is that his name? Mickey, when yes. you're like, why is Mickey Meredith. so Meredith? Well, it's also that that um yeah, that was like that was huge because I was like, Oh, that's what he did after he broke his glasses and like he couldn't read no more, so mm-hmm. he became a coach. Um yeah. no, like he uh I-, I like that because it's like the thing with Wade and Fargo where you think that guy's an asshole, and then you realize no, he just doesn't like that Rocky works for a loan shark, mm-hmm. and that's completely reasonable as well. And you know, when you like see characters through the main character's eyes, you don't really get the full picture, and then there's also something that is so appealing about like, you know, a crab apple coming around to like help you out instead of just uh someone who's been on your side the whole time. So mm-hmm. I dug that. Um, I love that scene in the ice rink that I looked up and apparently like they had to do it at night because they couldn't afford to shoot it during the day. And like, that's so much better because not only is it, you know, we want you to keep the ice rink open for the two of us, but also it was like the night before Thanksgiving is so evocative. It like brings up all of these other like emotions of like, oh my God, imagine doing that the night before Thanksgiving. It's such a specific like Wednesday night. You know how I got started in fighting? Huh? No. Am I talking too loud? Three minutes! My father, he's a... My old man. He was never too smart. He says to me, you weren't born much of a brain, you know, so uh, you better start using your body, right? So I've become a fighter. You know what I mean? Why Why are you left? My mother, she said the opposite thing. What'd she say? What'd she say the opposite? She said you weren't born much of a body, so you better develop your brain. Did she say that? You! Time! How did you feel, you having lived your whole life knowing the idea of, like, Sylvester Stallone, the big movie star, the big, like, where he's such a larger-than-life persona and stuff, and then you see this, basically his first lead role, and he's a lot smaller than... It, he became like it's the smallest thing he's ever done i guess you could say the first rocky movie like it's it's very like were you surprised by seeing him be by him being kind of like messy and not as put together as he became in everything else he ever did well i don't know if i've seen any movies with him in it besides his cameo in long goodbye which we've discussed when mm-hmm. he's in that scene with the other thugs and then maybe Copland, I think I saw when it came mm-hmm. out back in the day. But well, that, I just that's know Schwarzenegger him. in Long Goodbye. You are serious, aren't you? <laughs> I'm gonna have to issue yet another apology to the hunks the, out there. Yeah, he has like, a cameo. He's a thug in Bananas. That's okay, where you well, know I've on, seen the that too. on the subway. On the subway, that's where yes. you know him. The the, the guys. Oh that yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Woody Allen up. Yeah, got it. Okay, so I'm retracting my apology to the hunk community. Um, 
But I no, I, I just know him as a movie star. I haven't mm-hmm. really seen him be a movie star in movies. Yeah. I in in response to what you're asking, to me, I felt this is a guy who made this movie for himself. And that was the smallness and the specificity that mm-hmm. I really liked, which is very clear that he made this thing because he knew exactly how to play it and he knew exactly what he what he wanted to get across and i saw him as a writer and that was just such a special mm-hmm. way to like meet someone um i didn't realize that he hadn't directed it i think it's i think whoever directed it did a beautiful job and did well by him but it was just so clearly his um just the way that like like i mean maybe it's a crazy example but like peewee's first movie you're like nope Mm -hmm. this is exactly the character that you do and this is what Mm -hmm. you do with it so i i love i totally love that yeah and then there's a couple scenes in it that they had to shoot like they had to beg to shoot the one when he goes into the arena the night before and looks at the like where he's looking at the arena for the first time like oh my god i'm gonna be fighting here like that was like he they had to steal that shot basically because they were out of money and then apparently Uh like that he says like that's the wrong color for my shorts or something Mm -hmm. like mine are like red with a white stripe i read online that that that's that like the real sylvester stallone was like that's not true i better have the character say it but in reality it's like Nobody would notice that, but that the character would be concerned about it is also mm-hmm. like a funny little thing. Um, just like people are going to get confused. Like, don't worry. No one is going to get yeah. confused by that. But it's really sweet that you think that might be the case. Mr. Jurgens, the post is wrong. What do you mean? Well, I'm wearing white pants with a red stripe. It doesn't really matter, does it? I'm sure you're going to give us a great show. It was kind of revolutionary to have this idea of victory and defeat, you know, which also is in Bad mm-hmm. News Bears. I think that's kind of, I mean, Stallone should get a lot of credit for this movie in so many ways, but also that's, besides the Oscars, <laughs> he's yeah. got so much credit. I didn't realize this one best picture over that some big year. movies, too. Uh, beat out yeah, yeah. Taxi that, Driver. This was and, a time yeah. when it, network and all very of competitive. Yeah. yeah. But it's such a it's a great idea because I think it maybe was the first time that was done that like the sports movie where they lose, you know, the 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 protagonist loses actually, right. but still wins, which well that's is a really a conv- unique idea. Yeah. It's a cool idea and it's sort of taking it to the next level, I think. Well, that that mm. was my confusion with just because I'm unfamiliar with and as we'll talk about it in a second, Brett, like disaster movies is a genre too, which is the sports movie of um, how do you handle, like, I know it from School of Rock, which, spoiler alert, they make it to the Battle of Bands, but they don't win, but it's mm-hmm. fine because they're yeah. awesome. And it's a similar thing with this, where I imagine, well, I thought the fact that, like, it was a, it seemed like it was a tie to me. Like, it seemed like it was a a draw, and then they just made it very, very clear that it doesn't matter and that that was like that they end on it being like he just wanted to go the distance he just, just wanted, wanted to know to go, he, go yeah. the distance. he wanted to go the distance and he wanted he wanted this girl by his side who he mm-hmm. is in love with and and that was i thought so artful i thought that was like shown with a lot of restraint mm-hmm. I, I i really really appreciated like how little that was like you know shoved into my face conceptually yeah, and now they're not, Titanic was yeah. They're not glammed up, and it's like two two misfits 
And it really, they oh, held, they leaned great. into that the whole way. It is interesting that at the time, this movie was considered really corny and schmaltzy by a lot of the critics. And it's really interesting to watch it in the context of what movies are today. Mm-hmm. That feels so gritty and real compared to what you see on the screen nowadays. Oh, it, isn't, it isn't corny or sentimental at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, yeah, and you're right. The stuff with the two misfits is like, I don't know. I haven't seen like Marty since I was in college or something, mm-hmm. but I remember it being like a whole, a whole, yeah. you know, I don't know. It was, it was great. Those two are so great. Polly's great. Really feel for Polly. Um, and it really does such an economic job of setting out just how like down and out he is mm-hmm. right away. You know exactly how much of an underdog he is. And yeah. that's the first scene, right? He can't get into his locker. Right. I think it's, it's, it's not the first scene, but it's like pretty soon into it. Right. And that's when you, yeah. how you meet Mickey and yeah, I'm so ignorant about this stuff, but I was appreciative of the honesty of like, don't worry, this movie's not about boxing and it totally wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, but it is about fighting, which I appreciate like metaphorically. Yeah. And then and apparently you're supposed to go for someone's ribs, which I, to quote Fran Leibowitz, this should be illegal. Like watching two men try to break each other's ribs. Mm-hmm. That's where you breathe from. Yeah. But the thing you, Julie, that you, if you kept watching these Rocky movies, by the time you get to Rocky four, it's a straight up Sylvester Stallone is just playing himself. Basically is like, <laughs> He's in Beverly Hills. He's living in a house. They get a robot for Pauly. They, I've seen the just, robot. We, we've seen the robot together. But, yeah, but it's just that kind of thing where he clearly didn't want to keep playing Rocky as like low and just kind of wanted to live. He just wanted to be like a famous person. And that's, I think that happens to a lot of famous people where they're just like, I don't want to wear crummy clothes anymore or be in this crummy house anymore anything like so many like that's why so many comedies are like just like oh he's an ad executive and he's in a place that way like the celebrity doesn't even have to like pretend to live in a bad house yeah by the time i, I saw rocky three was the first one i saw in a theater and literally in new jersey maybe this is just a part of being in new jersey people were during the fight scene in Rocky three on their feet, ah! like, like, like air boxing along with Rocky, <laughs> <laughs> like people were so into it. They were That's like, awesome. it's like, like as if this was like a live sporting event being pu- so pumped cool. into the theater. Wow. Yeah. Well, I will say just watching it alone on like HBO max in my tiny apartment, I was still like rooting for him as actively as anyone mm can mm-hmm. just sort of like, you know, in, in like the purest sense, the way all of his friends and family and then like all the town of Philly and everybody watching, you just know, you can feel everybody's rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Must yeah. be nice. Maybe one day I'll feel that way. When I fight, when I fight, thank you. I'll fight the band creed. Every, That's what I'll do. Crab. I'll fight the band creed at the Apollo theater. <laughs> Cinco, what are what are some of the movies on your podcast that have been surprising? Before we get to Brett's uh, 
Titanic experience. Well, it's sort of sad because every movie Ken has made me watch, I basically hated because he's just made me watch these garbage movies that that he loves. Because I've seen so many movies compared to Ken, right? Mm -hmm. So he really has to sort of scrape the bottom of the barrel to find something I haven't seen. So they're all generally bad. But but he was really uh, Stagecoach was one that really surprised him. Okay. Because I don't know if you've seen that John Ford movie, which is I. Mm -hmm one of my favorite movies and he does not like old movies, you know, anything in black and white, he's kind of allergic to, but he was blown away by it. Okay. He was just like captivated by it. Mm -hmm. That was one that I think was really surprising for him. What's one that you did like though, that it was, that, that I you were did, forced to did watch. Like? Yeah. Oh, there has no, to be one. You know, one that I kind of enjoyed when I, when I uh, escaped from the planet of the apes, that's like was, the fifth in the front. Is that like that's the that's the one where they're right. basically running around an outdoor mall in. That's where the yeah. This is where the apes arrive on Earth in a spaceship. Mm -hmm. And um, and so there's some fun satire. I don't know. You're. I I feel bad you asking this question because literally, I have disliked everyone. But okay. I did like. Julie made me watch Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was great and really fun. So yeah. Oh, and she made me watch Jackie Brown. Julie's been the nice, ex like <laughs> I love having Julie on this show because she actually makes me watch movies I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Jackie Brown's great movie, which I had never seen. I love that. Yeah, that's what I'm definitely going to see again. Cinco made me watch Destry Rides again, which I loved. And look at look at Brett's shirt, Cinco. Look at what Brett's wearing today. Um, Marlena. Marlena Dietrich, yeah. courtesy <laughs> of T Public. Um, Tom's not wearing his. Uh, Jimmy Stewart shirt. No, I'm not. It's in the it's in the wash. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is amazing these 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 blind spots that we have, and depending on how many movies you watch, and for even somebody who knows movies to be just like, oh, I never saw Jackie Brown. It's just like, yeah, that's how it works. You can't see them all, and. Yeah, Jackie. It depends on. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, this is a Jackie Brown is the Tarantino movie that apparently Quentin Tarantino says if somebody says to him that's their favorite movie, he's like, oh, you, he goes, you like the movies that aren't my movies. Like, that's like the least me movie in a lot of ways. Like, he, he's like, the people that don't like my movies like Jackie Brown is basically the love, line of logic I, for him that yeah. he, see, he sees like people who like, they, I only like, Jackie Brown of your movies. Like, I don't like the other ones. And he, he kind of right. has a bead on that apparently. Maybe cause it's not, cause it's an adaptation. Maybe that's why he feels like it's less. He doesn't have yeah. total ownership over it. Maybe, Yeah, but it's also very deliberate too. And it's, it's got pretty much the lowest body count in any of his movies. And, um, and so far, I think body count wise, I think that, and, once upon a time in Hollywood have the lowest body counts of all his movies for actual, because yeah. they have a lot in common because they're like hangout movies for most of the ride. Well, they're both, yeah, they're both LA. Like, mm -hmm. well, I guess there's, yeah, a lot of it is LA. He loves mm -hmm. LA. Now we get to. Here. Brett. Has not <laughs> waited yet. Mm -hmm. What did he think of this movie? 
Well, I like like Tom, I, you know, I can't believe I've never seen this, but I, I, I'm obviously very familiar with like a lot of the iconic scenes in mm-hmm. it, you know, through even just through the big satirize and things like that. But um, I never sat down and watched it start to finish. Um, and, and mostly because like James Cameron to me is there's like no there's no filmmaker whose style is like less interesting to me. So I'm all, I just sort of like, don't I'd like, I, it's like, okay, I don't have to pay attention to James Cameron movies. Cause it's like, it's just not for me. It's like, it's like, I think like the original aliens is so great to me. And then when he comes in and does aliens two, it's just like, Oh, this is like, takes everything I liked out of the original. And it's all oh, like interesting. Mi- militaristic and like rah, rah. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just like, there was something like weird and subtle about the first one. I yeah like Titanic I just I uh, I I was just like I just I, I didn't really like it I mean it was it was like <laughs> it was, <laughs> is yours uh, the longest is yours longer than mine yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mine was pushing three mine was pushing three hours <laughs> three hours Honestly, I'll tell you the only yeah. way I got through it honestly is like halfway through I looked up that um. There's that old uh, New York Magazine profile about the Pussy Posse. Do you know about this? About, about <laughs> like, and so, yes. Okay. Lucas, Luke, who's your favorite member? Mine's Lucas Haas. Well, I, I had for, all I forgot that uh, I forgot that Harmony Kareen was in it, which was like yeah. more oh. surprising than anything in Titanic was me finding that. out that uh, Harmony Kareen was part of the original uh, Posse. Really, really um, but the article is all about I'm it, about how like. Um, and if you haven't read it, this this was like the name that they either chose themselves or was given to them by the media for like Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio's like like his guys, uh, Kevin Connolly and, and, uh, Toby Lucas Maguire. Haas and Toby, Toby Maguire. Maguire. Toby yeah, Maguire. boyish looking mm-hmm. boy. Yeah. Boyish Richard looking. Kind. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the posse. He was, it was, it was Leonardo DiCaprio, Toby Maguire, <laughs> what are Richard Kind. later. Richard Kind. Yeah. He's like, I thought we could go over to Katz's and maybe go get a sandwich. And they're just like, <laughs> they're like, you want to go to Indochine? Yeah. I need to find a bathroom. And they're just like, they're in the, they're in the limo pussy, pussy posse. He's like, I think I'm getting gout. Richard kind saying like, like my foot, I'm, my foot's retaining a lot of water. And they're Would like, you look at my foot for yeah. me. Would one of you, Please, someone just take a look. What it's very you young soft. women, nice young women. It's very if small. This is a corn or a bunion. <laughs> like, wait, why is this guy in the pussy posse? So you're reading Who this profile, Richard Kind. <laughs> So I read it during, well, well, it's interesting, interesting because the the profile is all about how Titanic like unlocked, like Titanic activated the posse, like Titanic, like was so big, it was such a big, big, like, you know, just earth shattering movie that suddenly Leo could just like run wild. Oddly enough, his performance in uh, Gilbert Grape wasn't, wasn't (laughs) dropping those those bloomies underpants. Okay. It's, it's like it's so that's silly. That's all you have to say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. We check out this article. It's in New York Magazine. No, no, in like no. The 90s. It, that article is he didn't insane. finish the movie. Yeah. He just fi- he, he read the article. Yeah. And then I, no. Oh, I uh, I Did finished you watch the movie. The whole thing? I watched the whole movie. I watched the alternate ending. Thank you. And oh, and and I would recommend this too. There's a movie on Amazon Prime Prime called Titanic Two, which I would highly recommend uh, watching. It is it is about a uh, a guy that like. They a hundred years later they remake the Titanic and sail it across the Atlantic and it gets and it gets hit by an iceberg again and it's it's amazing and it's like <laughs> it's called Titanic odds? Two it's it's truly what are the odds <laughs> yeah this time it's personal yeah right? not again 
No, they say not again. A person, there's a I'm close up on someone after gets hit by the iceberg and they say not again. It's great. So I would watch. Boat is like, I'm getting too cold for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is the greatest poll. Um, that would be the greatest poster I, one. I watched it. I I would say like I officially watched it, watched it because I like saw it in the 90s. But what was I, what was I doing in the 90s? So. I am amazed. It's like two movies because the second movie mm-hmm. is just like this um, like dazzling disaster mm-hmm. film. Like his the way he shoots action adventure to me, I, I, it's not my genre. And I do I'm curious about watching like more disaster stuff from the 70s just to get a sense of contrast. But like that was outrageous. He's very like, how well he's very he, good at it. He's very good at that. Yeah. He, right. Yeah. Right. 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 And I guess apparently William Goldman was saying like when you criticize him as a writer, you have to understand that all this stuff that happens like visually is writing so you have to give him that that like the shot of like all the dishes falling off of mm-hmm. the cabinet is like a scene to him and i'm like okay that's fair because everything else in it where characters i don't know exist and talk mm-hmm. is i had my barbies say smarter things when mm-hmm. i was yeah. five <laughs> yeah. and they were like falling in love and they were doing all kinds of things having to do with life and but like the to, to say like Billy Zane's character is a cartoonish villain is like mm-hmm. insulting to <laughs> dastardly and Muttley because yeah. they cartoons, first of all, are short. And second of all, like they are, um, I don't know, have more restraint, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, more consistency, like everything that guy did. <laughs> It was just like, you know, he's going to be like, throw that Picasso away. So <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. He's also I like firing. Be on the boat. He's like firing, I guess because of all the chaos, he gets away with it. But there's a point where he's like firing. He like fires six shots at like at them. <laughs> and then there's no, there's no consequences for no. him. In the <laughs> mid- <laughs> I had He just seen- unloads, he unloads a gun at Jack and Rose running away now, and Brett, never returned to. Yeah. Brett, I hadn't seen Titanic until like a year and a half ago. I finally oh. saw it. My uh, lady friend, Julia, was like, she's like, you need to finally watch Titanic. And so we sat down and watched it. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It was kind of like, kind of thought it would be like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think at one point I did try to, I didn't see it in the theater. I did try to, I rented it once and I watched like 15 minutes of it. And I was just kind of like, I'm not into this right now. Like, and I just returned it. Um, but going in, I get what it's like. It's like, you know, all of the things that have been sent up about it and referenced in every other version of culture. So now you're finally taking the jump into this thing and you're like, well, the difference is that those things, when they make fun of it are like four minutes long, maybe this is like three hour. I got to go three hours to get the real thing of him sketching her and, like the frame narrative things. is a is a movie unto itself. The frame narrative is like is like it got to be like an hour in. Now total. what I'm hearing is Brett wanted the Bill the Bill Paxton story because I, I will I will say yeah. I was thinking of you when I was watching the Bill Paxton stuff, and I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm just saying I bet Brett thinks this Bill Paxton stuff is really funny. Well, I love Bill Paxton. A B, mm-hmm. I do think that character is interesting, and because like you're saying about character, there's no none of the characters have any dimensions. They're all like they they are like established as like an archetype, and then there's no development. 
development of the character. And mm-hmm. Bill Paxton at least is like trying to find something to to do with that with that role. But I don't know the whole thing. The whole thing. I honestly got like mad several times in the movie, mm-hmm. like really really angry at, at certain plot points. And the biggest one was that there's the the diamond necklace is like the big central plot. Point. Oh yeah, that's well, a, that's like the MacGuffin, the thing they're looking for. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. and and. Uh, it turns out that the the uh, Rose grown up has had the necklace the entire time. They're looking for it in the wreckage. Yeah. You can't find. It. She's had it the entire time. And then the very end, the actual ending in the movie, she goes and she she uh, throws it in the ocean as yeah, like a fire. symbolic, like you know, mm-hmm. her and Jack's souls will be entwined forever, or whatever. But the whole time I was like, it's not his necklace. Yes, first of all, yeah, she's not returning it to him. Thank you. And it's like his dead body. If if he gave her that necklace. And his body's at the bottom of the ocean. She throws it back in. She's reuniting the necklace with the dead body. It wasn't his necklace. This is a yes. multi-million dollar thing. <laughs> Thank you. That Sell, this battle axe you, just yes. decides to toss Thank into you. the ocean. <laughs> Thank just, you, Tom. Just for, just for, just for funsies, she yes. tosses it in for her own weird narrative. Imagine her coming clean to her granddaughter and her granddaughter suddenly like, you did what? Wait, you had it? was on the boat. Yeah. That was just, her granddaughter. She was there was the whole there. But just time. Saying to her, but just saying to her like a month later, it's like, you know, there's a funny thing that actually happened on the boat once. <laughs> I had the necklace and I threw yeah. it in the you, water. You, I can't believe you called her a battle. Remember how you weren't able to go to college? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank well, you, Cinco. That's my whole point. Is like in the in the uh, uh, alternate ending, she explains that it's like the choice for her is between like love and money, essentially, right? That like she didn't want to get rich off of the thing because it was given to her by Billy Zane. Abundantly and so clear, like, but I was like, yeah. there's a third option, which is sell it and do something good with the money. Absolutely. You just threw away. Yeah. You literally just like set fire to a pile of money yeah. on the deck of this boat mm-hmm. for some like which, for some guy you knew for two days. I fucking which I, which I I, I was gonna say Brett because I knew she threw it into the ocean. Like going into it, I'm like, I know about the I know Jack drowns but she's on a raft and or whatever it was yeah. i knew that i knew a couple things i thought she was going to throw it into the ocean in front of billy zane when mm. they were on that rescue boat together yes. so yeah. she could see his yeah. face yes. and that would have been tight no yeah. no and that would have been something yes she's she could have opened a an art scholarship program yes. named you. after jack thank you was his name jack sparrow yeah. jack, jack dawson jack, jack dawson <laughs> Jack Dawson Jack could have been the Jack Dawson artists uh, scholarship program for all artists who never had a chance to do things. Battle act. And then like they could have financed that for lifetimes with that necklace. Tom, I said the exact same thing. I was like, she could have tracked down the families of all the people <laughs> who were down in the steerage, like the lower class passengers. Mm-hmm. She could have tracked down their families, done scholarships for all these people. She could have done so many good things, but it's like this symbolic gesture that means nothing. And meanwhile, it didn't like, even Ted- track the symbol. Yes. The sim- it wasn't even one to one symbolism. No. <laughs> no. But here's the thing, because I the only time I've seen this movie was in the theater when it first yeah. came. And I was with there was a whole group of us. And somehow, and and I was the jerk because I was only focused on how bad the writing was. You know, Mm -hmm. I think I was like a year out of film school. And so for me, it was just like, this is horrible writing. But they're all around me. They're all in tears. Everybody at the end of this movie is crying except for me. And so Mm -hmm. you do feel sort of like, oh, I'm the jerk, I guess. But, But I'm glad to hear that it's still, you know, I just felt like, Again, it, 
it's 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 great. You know, it's interesting. He's it's like George Lucas, also someone who's like able to tap into something magical, right, in the zeitgeist or something, but is not a good writer, mm-hmm. but still, in spite of that, is able to create something that just like everybody responds to in some visceral way. But well, I think like when because I, I I looked it up and apparently James Cameron was like I did this movie because I've always been interested in ship crashes. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That, you know, there's tracks. people at the center of it, right? Yeah. Like, I I the part where they're like falling in love makes me like, well, it doesn't take a lot for me to hate like <laughs> straight people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I may as well read there was this one thing in People magazine it was like paralyzed woman like magically stands up to walk down the aisle and I was like burn it all down that's not how bodies work um, but uh, but for this like all of the like teehee and the oh Mr. Renoir you're blushing and um, but but my the wor- I think the worst example of it is like when he's pretending to be a chauffeur on the car on the boat, oh, and he and he's in the front oh. seat and she's in the back and he oh. goes he goes where to madame and she does the worst improv thing ever which is she goes to the stars scenes over yeah scenes over you just ruin the scene because then he has to be like okay well actually i'm a space cab driver (laughs) they do i see that in an improv show when that bucket starts getting passed around i don't put i take money out of the bucket (laughs) she broke the rules of the scene right away yeah she ended the scene she was like i don't like this game and it's over I know that you're trying to be playful, but I feel the need to remind you that, like, I mean, yeah, we know you love him. You guys just mm-hmm. fucked. Yeah. Also, that stuff with the old lady being naughty. She's like, did we do it? <laughs> <laughs> also, that actress was 64 years old. Who? Rose. Stewart. Yes, no, the idea that like, she's supposed to be like 170 she was, when she was like she wasn't like 130 when she made the movie. <laughs> she's supposed to look 130. Okay. You were just so mad at her because she tossed so that mad jewelry she off tossed it. that necklace. I'd be like, yeah, well, guess what? Here's some. Mm. You want some? You want some symmetry? <laughs> you're going in. You're going in next. Yeah. You're next. Yeah. Well, and the thing that in the alternate ending, the other thing that doesn't make any sense, and I guess this is why they didn't put it in. But the alternate ending, uh, everybody on the boat crowds around her and sees her do it, and they're trying to tell, no, don't do it, don't, 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 right? And then she throws it in, and they all like they all flip out, and they're like, Bill Paxton. Ultimately, she like convinces him it was the right thing to do or something, but everybody else is like losing their minds, and I'm like. You guys have millions of dollars yeah. of like scavenger equipment. Yeah. You could just I go. Mean, you saw it. You, yeah, oh, you that's saw where point. it went. Yeah. Just you can go down establish and get a it. radius now. We can establish yeah. a radius where this necklace was thrown. You have more in. information than you did an hour ago. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because we know oh the necklace God. exists now at this point, <laughs> and we know where it was thrown into the water to the to the millimeter. We know where this uh, this bat threw it in, and um. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the movie A Night to Remember? Has anybody here seen A Night to Remember? Which is that's the uh, old Titanic. It's the movie, old right? Titanic movie where it's it's very. Well, there was a third one though. There was a third one. There was made made by Joseph Goebbels. <laughs> and there was a German. I swear to God. Mm-hmm. I swear to God. Joseph Goebbels commissioned mm-hmm. one where a German dude on the boat is like, "I told you." Yeah. <laughs> From the guys that brought you World War II. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Comes. Comes 
a new kind of Nazi Titanic. <laughs> um, and it's Hitler on the bow. I'm the king of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but uh, what was it? A, a night, a to, night remember? to remember is very much worth watching because it is the basically it's the same story told without without the that love story that was kind of you know welded to it um and so many of the shots are they're they're, they're telling the are same they? story visually yeah. and and it's just very interesting to see what they did with what was that late 50s probably a night to remember um yeah. seeing how they pulled off a very impressive version of the Titanic going under. Um, And if you watch that after watching Titanic, you'll be like, oh, look, of course, if somebody's going to make a movie about Titanic, one that happened before, there's going to be similarities because it's a boat going under. But it's still it's still impressive to see that in the 50s, they they took a swing at this and it was kind of just as successful in, in its own way. Probably this is maybe Titanic more. Yeah, well, speaking of other versions of Titanic, I didn't have any clips from Titanic because <laughs> I didn't I didn't like any of it. But this is this is this is a clip from Titanic 2. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you all for coming, for joining me on this day that'll go down in this nation's history. It looks like Eric Trump. A day where an eye to the future. He wrote and directed over it. Our defeats of the past. Eric Trump. This is Rocky. Right? A day where the lives lost. On board this ship's predecessor, we're remembered with the creation of the greatest, fastest, most sophisticated ship ever created, the Titanic II. <laughs> it's just the Queen Mary, too, just obviously. Yeah. So. Seems ill-advised. Standing next to me here, I'd like to introduce you to the man at the helm of this vessel, our ship's captain, Captain Will Howard. All right, can you hit pause on this, Brett, please? Brett, Brett what are please. you making us? This is, is this a porno? Yeah, Brett, are you like, making us watch a porno? Red Shoe like Diaries. This. What's going on with you, Brett? What are you showing us a porno? Titanic Titanic made me furious at points as well, Brett. Yeah. But I definitely think that the first half made me angrier than the second half, and I think it might be the, the opposite for you. Well, I mean, once he gets into his like strengths, which is just like destroying thing, like the spectacle, yeah. once he gets into yeah. the spectacle, he's clearly like in his wheelhouse and it does get, you know, mm-hmm. the movie starts to right. at least move a little faster. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, he makes uh, events. Actually, actually, things are events more than movies yeah. at a point. Yeah, he exactly. decided he yeah. makes experiences. Yeah. I ain't watching Avatar. You ain't going to make me watch Avatar. I can't watch so, that. So Julie and Tom, how would you rank these four movies? I think it looks like Rocky is head and shoulders above all the other ones. Oh, Mary Poppins. I think we're all in agreement. Mary Poppins is really good. Well, no, I love Mary Poppins, but Tom, it's hard to tell if you like loved it or you just sort of appreciate it. Well, I appreciate, I would, I, there's the, the, the ones that are, this legendary moments are legendary and I always, those are undeniable. Like I, I really liked it a lot. Um, Rocky just has a hold on me that having had seen it so many times. So yeah, for me, it would be like Rocky then, then um, Mary, Poppins. Mary Poppins and I'll still put Titanic over fight club. I think we're all in the agreement that, cause I think there's even a scene in fight club where they go to blockbuster and they like erase videos with a magnet. Like, I think we're all in agreement that like Ugh. fight club can and should be erased with a giant magnet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I think I'd flip. I think I I would put Mary Poppins above Rocky, but actually they're they're pretty. They're both great movies. Mm-hmm. I think life affirming, life affirming. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mary Poppins also takes you to a place that's so uniquely weird as a as a child, and then later as an adult. That like, well, and I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Think Ocean Maker Dune is like that too, where you're watching something and you feel like you are in an absolute different world, and that's so rare, especially in adulthood and when you're watching something to feel like you're somewhere else is so exciting and cool and um mary poppins definitely has that quality to it even when they're not in the animated space yeah mm-hmm. yeah and brett? what do you say brett what's a well uh, I, actually i had a question about schmigadoon if it, i and um, this is the only chance i'm gonna get to ask cinco i, I want to know like did you um are you a big fan of the of Brigadoon of the original? Uh, did did this feel like a, like you're sort of like parodying it, or are you like a fan and this was like an homage in your mind? No, I don't like Brigadoon. I don't yeah. think it's that good. <laughs> no one, no one really likes Brigadoon. But Brett. I love, but I love all the other. You know, I love musicals. I love all yeah. the gold. You know, Singing in the Rain, and then you've got all the Rodgers and Hammersteins, and that's really what the show is about. It's using the the conceit of right. Right. Brigadoon and playing with it. But that movie's not, or that show's not. Great. I mean, have some great, almost like being in love, right? That's Wait, a great and waiting song. for my dear is okay, but it's yeah, not yeah, like, there's some good stuff it's in no there. No one's but, favorite, I think. But it's no Oklahoma or Carousel or Music Man or. Um, South you know who Pacific. directed all the episodes? Brett and Tom. Mr. Barry Sonnenfeld. Barry Sonnenfeld. Oh, wow. wow. Who he hates was, musicals? That's what Actually. he says. But is he just saying that for the press? Is he no. He said that to me almost every day on the set. <laughs> every day, literally, he was half joking. Why do we have to have so many songs? Do we have to have all these yeah. songs? I think he's, he he honestly. I don't like musicals. Yeah, it's not a fan. He likes cowboy hats, doesn't like musicals. <laughs> his love of cowboy hats equals is his that, hatred of musicals. Is yeah. that an no, homage to Slim Pickens? Well, he rides. He has this saddle that he rides as, as a director's chair. Did you know that? It's like a mechanized mm-hmm. saddle that he brings onto the set, and he rides it as mm-hmm. the director. Are you serious? Oh, I'm serious. Uh, I, he is. He is <laughs> crazy. His, his book was outstanding. Um, his book's great. Yeah, his book is so good. He sweetie was at the premiere. Tom, I would love yeah, to sweetie. meet sweetie one time. He um. <laughs> He's just one of those people who it's nice to see a character make it to where they can be a character on the, on a lar- on the biggest stage and not have to s- stop being weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, and he, uh, the one of his, the way he talks about his mother is some of the funniest stuff I've ever heard. Like I've yeah, never heard no meaner. sentimentality, no love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like he would say, he would go on like Letterman and say things like his, his mother was like, I'm going to get the celebrity wrong. She's like, like Peter Houston off, but with a, like a fuller beard, like stuff like that. <laughs> like he would say that about his mom, and his mother would like complain to him afterwards, be like, you know, you don't have to make those jokes about me on TV. And then his whole thing is like, I never asked to be born. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. I never asked to be born. I didn't ask for you guys to be my parents. I, and it's just like, this, this guy's, this guy's, he's hitting all the marks for me. <laughs> he's so great. Yeah. Well, this has been a total 
uh, uh, thrill to have you on Cinco and thank you so much. And we'll all keep checking out Schmigadoon over on Apple TV. And we'll, uh, we'll make it up for you for making you watch fight club. We promise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's okay. It's, it all adds up to experience, life experience. If anything, uh, it teaches you what not to do. mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I like I would do ways. that, Julie. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I there were a Otherwise couple. Otherwise, I might couple, have made Fight Club. <laughs> there'd be some like pitches in the room about like making soap out of human fat, and I'd be like, "That's kind of tasteless." And you're like, "Shut <laughs> up, it's funny." <laughs> <laughs> and where can people get your podcast? Like, when does it? Uh, when does it drop? Podcasts are. It's called Make Him Watch It with Cinco and Ken, and the lovely Julie has appeared twice, okay. and. Ken's sort of on a hiatus now. He's so busy. He went back to writing animated movies, and so he's back in that world. And well, I'll come on again, and we'll do that cable. We were talking about doing that cable episode of like oh, movies that we yes. saw on cable a million times. Inspired, Remember when we were talking about that, you guys? Yeah, which like, was inspired yeah. by your Meatballs episode, which I yeah. love because Meatballs is like a huge part of my mm-hmm. uh, teenage years. So, Oh, my right, God, well, yeah. Well, this it was a joy to be here. It was really fun. Thank you. I'm Thank king you. of the world, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, Zico. Uh, thanks again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. I love how mad Titanic made both of you about the jewelry specifically. <laughs> Because oh for gosh. me, it was just like offensive just to be like, people, that's not what love is. That's not what people are like. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, but, but I, I, realized I agree I'm fighting, with all I'm fighting with a trash can. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, But for I, a certain point, I'm like, I'm, this is a stupid argument. And mm-hmm. then that as a final thing, and you're like, wow, wow, wee wow. Yeah, yeah as Borat would say, is not good. To, para, to paraphrase sound, Borat, is I, not I good. I love your Borat impression. I also can't believe... I can't believe they made Kate Winslet go full bush. Legs akimbo. How is that PG-13? To see pink. <laughs> you know, put that I don't know in if I saw the you saw. That was Titanic 2. Yeah. We're getting it right this time. This time it's going to work. There's a point in Titanic 2, sorry, where they have to call it into the Coast Guard and they literally have to be like, this is a Titanic 2 calling in. We've been hit by an iceberg. <laughs> mm, click. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not doing anything for you this time. You kind of made your own bed calling your ship Titanic 2. <laughs> we refuse to rescue that ship. Well, my friends, the time has come. Another double threat in the books. Thank you to Julie Clauser, my partner, co-host. Thank you to Tom Sharpling, or as I call him, Tyler. Uh, what's a pun I can do on Durden? Hmm. Ty- Tyler Hurton, my funny bone. There you go. Thank you. Tyler Hurton, my funny bone. Um, you can check out double thread each and every week come every Monday. You start your week the right way with an episode of double threat and you can subscribe and rate and review the show. Give us five stars, please. 
and check out our merch over at tpublic.com. And buy, and buy Tom's national bestseller, yes. It Never Ends, at tomwroteabook.com. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And uh, watch Megadoon with the amazing writing of one Julie Klausner. Oh, well. And we will see you next week. Thank you, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.